Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Yellow. Show's namesake BJ Shea is on assignment. Running the boards is Joey D's. I'm back. He's back. We're all together. We're having a party and we're going to talk about... The boys! boys. (laughs) Yes, and uh, oh my goodness. Uh, I don't know how deep we're going to get into it because this is still at least a PG show. We're going deeper, Ref. Oh dear. Oh dear. Um, And that's the new hit release. Oh yeah. From the deep. From the deep, (laughs) yes. Uh, Before that, I will talk with Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach about about both D23 and the Microsoft Bethesda Showcase. Some really cool stuff that came out of that. And of course, we'll finish up with Vicky and the Geek Sheet. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us. Get a hold of us via our website, bjgignation.com. We have our blogs, podcasts, and more there. More. More, 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 more. 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 Or just search BJ Chase Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey. Yeah, so let's get right into this with our good friend, Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach. We got lots of news to get to, and he's the one to provide it. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Review, that is SKNR.net. And there's some information going around about D23 that we need to talk about. Absolutely. So for those who don't know, D23 is the biannual Disney Expo celebrating all things Disney. It's held in Anaheim. And because of the pandemic, we've not had a show since 2019. So we're going to have it this year from September uh, 9th to 11th. It's pretty much almost entirely sold out except for some passes on Sunday. And one of the things that offers is that it, it, it has a lot of props, a lot of memorabilia. They have like a great display this year that's going to look at 100 years of Disney memorabilia. They've had stuff from Pirates of the Caribbean in the past, all the shows. But there's also a lot of panels that talk about what's coming up with the hotels, the cruise lines, the parks, and, of course, the TV and movie shows, including a look ahead at what the live-action stuff has had for the next couple of years. You may remember, Rev, a couple of, uh, well, the last show we were at, we talked about how Dwayne Johnson came out on stage on a replica of one of the boats from the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> That's right. Films. I remember the first one we went to, we had Robert Downey Jr. and most of the cast of the Avengers, while they were still filming the movie, came out, showed a clip from it. I remember we had a year where Chris Evans and Anthony Mackie came out, and they showed a scene from uh, the second Captain America film that they had just filmed the week before and still had temp effects. So this is a really, really big deal. And uh, what we're hearing is that there was some talk going around that Marvel was going to do their usual Hull H thing at San Diego Comic-Con, as well as things at D23 Expo. Comic-Con is uh, late July, D23 Expo, as we just said, uh, early September. Now we're hearing that apparently things are pulling back and that everything is going to be dropped at the D23 Expo. Wow. Uh, uh, rumors I'm hearing are big Marvel reveals. I've heard rumors that we may get Star Wars stuff that was not uh, shared at Star Wars Celebration. And, of course... We're also going to get all the stuff about the parks, Pixar, uh, Disney Plus streaming service, uh, the Disney uh, live action and animated side of things. And the big one that I'm still kind of going, huh, is what are we going to get with all the Fox franchises now that are part of the Disney family? You know, for example, we talked in a previous show 
about Prey, the new Predator film coming. And that's due in August. So my thought is that would probably be more of a San Diego Comic-Con thing. But, you know, you <laughs> sit there and go, right? we did see them roll the Simpsons into the last uh, event they had. But, you know, I'm, I'm not expecting them to talk alien at the Disney Expo. <laughs> but you can kind of see how it's getting confusing because it's like, are the mature rated films going to be at the Comic-Con side? And we're going to stick to the G and PG-13 stuff. Uh, You know, uh, who knows? But the fact is we're hearing lots of Marvel news being saved exclusively for D23 versus being split between the two shows. Now, is that going to change between now and then? Who knows? But that's the latest rumblings we're hearing. That's still pretty interesting when it comes all out from it. I mean, you just say it's going to be bigger than uh, even before at this point. Really excited to see what you're going to get, what the information you're going to have from that. Uh, so that is coming up uh, in the coming months. But right now, we also need to talk about the fact that Beth- well, Microsoft and Bethesda did their Microsoft slash Bethesda showcase. And there was some big information. And I want to start off with the new game that I like to call, well, Skyfield or maybe Fallout and space starfield is the new game bethesda is putting out well not soon but soon ish (laughs) yeah well we're looking at february assuming there's no more delays on it Mm -hmm. and you know truthfully i get it everybody likes to gripe but you know as you know not only have i covered i've worked in the game industry we used to joke that whenever there was an announcement made at six months to the release date (laughs) and uh, nowadays you see things kind of put out a little more rapidly and then they patch it into place uh bethesda admitted the other day when they talked about uh the new content coming for fallout 76 at the extended showcase they said yeah we had a rough launch for fallout 76 and i'm Mm -hmm. paraphrasing but look where we've got it now you know there's all this new content coming and they talked about while it's still a few years off after elder scroll 6 we're going to get a fallout 5 and So, you know, the universe is there, and that's kind of where they're at. They're kind of at, there's the, I want to get this thing out, but at the same time, we don't want it to be too cumbersome. And when you're looking at a thousand planets and a customizable ship and a customizable character and, you know, space flight and combat and resource gathering and trading and, you know, all the, dare I say, RPG stuff of walking around all these planets... And I've heard people compare it to No Man's Sky, and I, you know, well, I'm always quick to say don't compare games directly. I think it's a good comparison in the fact that if you remember when No Man's Sky shipped, everybody was all over it going, this is a mess, where's this, where's that, why don't want this, where's this? And it was about a year and change later, after all these updates, where people kind of said, all right, yeah, you know, it's getting there. But you could make the argument that how much of the audience did you lose getting to that point? And I think yeah. that's where Bethesda's at going. We want to make sure we're rock solid when we launch with the potential to say, look, you know we're going to be updating and tweaking this going forward. 
like we did with Fallout 76, so bear with us. It, it, I mean, you, you did mention Fallout 76, which was Bethesda's kind of, you know, uh, a hard pill to swallow when it came down to that, and also No Man's Sky, but it also reminds me of Cyberpunk 2077, which had a super rough start, and now, finally, with all the updates and stuff, I ended up getting it early on, uh, and then just kind of waiting it out, and now it's it's a, one of my favorite action RPGs out there right now, kind of waiting until something like Starfield, so I think the waiting game is going to be the best aspect when it comes down to a game like this absolutely and people always say well why you know why do movies not have this issue per se like games and i said well number one a movie is not as hard to break as a game in terms of you know something in the multiplayer something like that be hanging up with a movie, regardless that we, you know, you don't need to get into the script quality and the acting and all of that. If you have the film basically done, you have your ability to say, we're aiming for this window with no competition. You might see it move a week or two, but outside of the pandemic, it's rare when a completed film or near completed film has a major change uh, where they say we're going to push it back several months. It does happen. The difference is with games is you're looking at huge budgets. I mean, a lot of these games are pushing $75, $100 million plus for the big AAA title. So they have to start the hype machine because you don't really have the window of saying, okay, Christmas, summer, maybe spring. With the games, you have to look at it and say, maybe summer, just after E3, or the holiday season. And you run into this nightmare of, we're already $20 million over budget. We're six months late. <laughs> do we keep it on the shelf and keep adding money to fix it? Or do we just shove it out the door, get what we can financially to recoup our as much of our investment with the promise of patching it into order down the line? And that's always been the struggle, the business side versus the creative side. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see where all that comes from. What were some of your other takeaways uh, with uh, the whole showcase? Well, uh, you know, one of the things I, I got from it, and I'm referring to the larger collection of shows uh, over the weekend before I do want to definitely mention Redfall, but what I got was we had a lot of people debating, do we need E3, do we not need E3? E3 is again said they're coming back with a live and a hybrid show next year but so is Summer Games Fest. And, you know, my take is always, number one, I like to be able to see the games up close. I like to play them. Number two, for me, hours and hours spread over several days of having to watch trailer after trailer for a lot of indies, a lot of games that didn't really light my fire, hoping to see something was counterproductive. You get to a point where it's oversaturation and you just say, I'm done. If it's important, they're going to send it to me. I much prefer having a situation where I have preset appointments for things that I want to see and other things I can wander around so I can look at and say, oh, there's this company, this booth, this banner, let me go and see that, focus on the coverage that I want. That being said, I think Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 looks amazing, and I think, uh, as we mentioned, Redfall looks pretty good. And I'm really excited to see what they have in that one. What is Redfall even uh, going around with? I have only heard a little bit about it. Okay, so Redfall is going to be an Xbox and a PC game. And at first glance, people are going to say, well, it's left for dead, it's back for blood just with vampires. Oh, oh. Because 
the core of it is a four-player co-op game where you go through a New England town called Red Ball, and there is taking on vampires, that sort of thing. And you've got your guns, and you've got your abilities, so you kind of have an idea where you're going. The difference is, and Bethesda was very quick to mention this, is that you have things like people have certain abilities. It's made by the folks who did the Dishonored series, so that should give you an idea. The folks who did the Prey, the update of Prey, and one of the things they talked about is like, for example, a character can have a robotic companion. I was reading something the other day, and I thought, man, that is really an interesting twist how they pulled it off. For those who remember uh, Left for Dead, Left for Dead Two, Back for Blood, you can either play through the game, you can like host it, go through the storyline solo, have people drop in, or just basically put yourself on a server and you know go into various maps and chapters. What I'm told they're going to have with Redfall is that only the host will have the story progression. So basically, if you're stuck on a level and you say, oh, I'm just going to jump into multiplayer, clear the level with a bunch of people, and then jump in and finish the game, guess again. Because they will only progress as far as where the host, only the host will get the progression. Oh. So if, you want, if you're stuck somewhere and you want to move forward, you better host the game, get some help, move through it, so when they leave, then you can progress from where you picked off. And I think that's an interesting take. Um, you know, Diablo 4, we got to look at that. Yeah. Uh, intrigued on what they're going to do with that. Uh, you know, who knows when we're going to see it. I don't think we're going to see it this year. I, I kind of told people I, I would expect maybe when we get a proper BlizzCon, again, that we'll get a more definitive take. But it does look like it contains everything that Diablo fans want. Uh, it looks like it's got a lot of action. It's got some good graphics. They talked about, uh, I understand, they talked about a cross-play that it would be on the Xbox and the PC and, you know, merging together. We got the shocker that Overwatch 2 was going to be free-to-play versus an actual, yeah. uh, you know, standalone game. And that. That was interesting. You know, I, I didn't take part in the last play test, but I heard I heard the rumblings. And you know, the trolls are always out there. People saying, well, mm -hmm. it was okay, but it could have just been an add-on to Overwatch 1 versus a whole new game and that sort of thing. So, you know, we'll see how they play it out. Now everybody, of course, you know, in the you can't win category. Now they're, oh, it's going to be microtransaction to death, and I'm going to have, what am I going to have to do? Pay for my ammunition now, and I'm going to have to pay for... <laughs> And it's like, you know, do you want to pay 39 to $59 or do you want it free with the understanding if you want some perks, you're going to have to pony up for it. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, that's one of the things you'll have to kind of realize with a lot of that, too. And I mean, a lot of those games also, even if they do have microtransactions, you can get by a lot of the times without having to deal with them so much unless you want to be the person that gets everything and all the stuff at that one point. You know, it's it, it's that sort of balance. And I'm not talking about the game balance, but your own balance of what you're willing to pay and what you're willing to do. Like, you don't have to pay for all of that stuff. And if it's something you don't want to do, maybe it's just not for you exactly you know a really quick point on that is you look back to dead space 3 people complained about the microtransactions and for uh you know some for all intents and purposes it blew up the franchise to the point where now we're finally getting a reboot with a different team but what is interesting and this was something we saw at the show the former members who did the original dead space games 
are doing this game called the Callisto Protocol, and that looks absolutely fantastic. It's uh, due in December, and the best way I can describe it is imagine Dead Space set in a prison. Ooh. You know, it's a prison in space with all these creepy supernatural things, and I'm like, this is great. And so, you know, as someone who loved the first couple of Dead Spaces, I look at it and say, you're going to give me the Callisto Protocol in December, and then in February, the updated Dead Space reboot is supposed to come out. That's perfect timing. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of fun stuff that's coming up. I'm really excited to see. I mean, obviously, these announcements are really fun and exciting, but we're going to have to get a deeper dive, and uh, hopefully all the information will be available soon and as they come out, because, Gareth, I know you're on the finger of the pulse or the, I don't know, some sort of uh, colloquialism with uh, that goes along with all of that, but I know you have all that information at Skewed and Reviewed, and people can find that at SKNR.net or hit up all the socials, and you can find all those just by searching for Skewed and Reviewed. Thank you so much, Gareth. Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you, Gareth. Really do appreciate everything you do for us and uh, getting the information out there. And like I said, check out Skewed and Reviewed. You can find it at SKNR.net. Now, we're getting into the boys. Joe was on vacation, but was able to catch up before we got back here. As of this recording, I know there are five episodes out, but we are only talking about the first four. So anything that, we've, uh, that we're have that we going to be running out through here, you shouldn't be spoiled at this point, or at least you know what, we're up to episode four. I am going to post, a, I am going to say a little bit of a spoiler right now, though. Uh, and this is for the episode that is out today, episode five of The Boys, because it drops every Friday on Amazon Prime. A alum of a show that we will be talking about on Monday, Stranger Things, Mr. Mm. Paul Reiser is set to be in episode five. Okay. As an interesting character known as The Legend. And if you don't know who The Legend is, he is from the comics, and he will be introduced in this episode called The Last Time to Look on This World of Lies, and he is an older man who runs a comic store in the original comic book series and is a parody of the late, great Marvel creator and legend, Stan Lee. <laughs> and uh, in the comic books, I mean, it's they're always a weird kind of perverted take when it gets down to it. So we'll have to see how bad it is. But when it comes to the boys, um, <clears throat> things always get bad. And I think the first and worse. Oh, and worse. yeah. And, and I think the first four episodes really kind of prove this as well, because it's all leading around getting the team back together which uh, Vicky and I talked a little bit about last week. And mm-hmm. with this episode, it was basically breaking the team back apart and showing exactly how much of a monster not only Homelander is, mm-hmm. but also how much control and how much like he rules through fear on people you would think that maybe possibly are working or would work uh, against him. Because it seemed like people are going to be building up against him. Yeah, man. I mean, he just goes and heads and offs that dude immediately. It was a super, super supersonic. Supersonic, yeah. Dude, I was not expecting that. You know, I just... I, 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 I assumed I, he would, but not that quick. And that was the thing, too. I didn't think it would happen that fast. And the first thing I was thinking, not like, oh, this dude got done dirty. Because really, it's like Star, it's like Starlight's like basically BFF. Her like like uh, like middle school boyfriend or whatever. Yeah, and uh, he still has a lot of love for her and she's like trying to deal with her relationship with Huey and then even at this point having the quote unquote public relationship with Homelander. I was like he'll stick around for a while and then he gets done and then the first thought I have was not oh no, he died cuz like you said 
kind of expecting that. It was more like, how are they going to spin this? He just got brought into the seven, and now he's gone. He made it to one meeting. Yeah, one meeting. and Freaking A-train. Yeah. Freaking loose lips sink ships. Well, and that was the thing, too. It's like you realize, okay, he has it against Homelander because Homelander's completely screwing him. But he's afraid of him way too much. And that's the, the big thing as well. Like, what are you going to do against a man who is uh, impervious to damage and has an ego complex because he is literally their version of Superman. There's no known kryptonite at this point, especially in the public eye. What are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't blame A-Train, but he's a <laughs> bit of a snake when it comes down to it. And mm-hmm. he has been anyway, so. And I, by the way, I love that they made fun of uh, one of the Jenner sisters, the Was Kardashian it like sisters. Kendall Jenner, Jenner yeah. with the whole Pepsi commercial with yeah. his entire, like, energy drink thing? Yeah, it was like, if you guys don't know, there was a Pepsi commercial with, like, Kendall Jenner. And there was, like, a protest. And there was uh, a bunch of the uh, <laughs> policemen or just, like. People who are there to, you know, stop if anything happens or whatever. And she gives him one and then peace was resolved. Yeah, Pepsi <laughs> will save everything. It was very tone deaf. And they basically did the same thing here. And yeah. I cringed and laughed so hard. Oh, yeah. And this show does not back down from, like, moments like that, which are pretty, pretty entertaining. But also, like, very gory and, in some cases, pretty perverted aspects of it. Like, we talked about the uh, first episode really getting... Uh, uh, getting getting deep as it were, and not with the deep. Uh, Joe, I know when I saw it the first time because Vicky had already seen it. I just sent her messages like, "What the f?" <laughs> and we're d- definitely talking about the whole termite scene in the party. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you feel about that, sir? Well, they like to push the boundaries on this show. Uh, <laughs> That's saying it lightly. Yeah. yeah. I was like, all right, I didn't expect that, but I suppose I should. Should have, maybe? Yeah, maybe I <laughs> just expected something crazy. I had been warned that the first episode was like a bit out. You know, I thought they were talking about storyline out of, out there. You know, yeah. everything. No, it's just graphic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, extremely graphic, extremely gory. Um, but the cool thing about it is that it's leveled with people who are amazing actors <laughs> And a really good storyline at its base. And now we're seeing this interesting uh, decline, back to the decline of the boys. And even so much as Huey losing his humanity and realizing he can't win from the inside, being a part of the government and kind of embracing, well, the superhero-ness and that evilness and losing his humanity as he's going on. (laughs) Sorry, I was trying to like find all these other pinpoint moments from the the episode and there is a YouTube page called Think Story and they do recaps but yeah. they'll take clips from other stuff. I totally forgot about Kamiko's big impressive fight scene. Oh dude, yeah. With um, appendages, yeah, <laughs> not just yeah. any appendages. Contraband. They are, they are um, <laughs> created like we've seen them made for like superheroes. These uh, yeah. adult marital aids, mm-hmm. and it was the same exact thing. And and yeah. she managed to make, get a couple kills with those. Yeah, and it's that sort of like, okay, this is ridiculous. But also, like, I was trying to focus a little bit more on, like, even, like, the the fight choreography. It, it's super it was, hard to focus on anything when they're getting beat by those things. But I'm just like, this is really good. Like, I'm watching this, and it's like the editing, the fight scenes are really solid. And it's it's fun. It's ridiculous. 
and I will never watch this with my grandmother. No. No, would not recommend that. <laughs> but yeah, by and large, it's it's compelling. Like all the seasons so far with this have been super compelling. So it's it's interesting how they're taking this and making it making it what it is really at this point. So my question is, when are we going to see the return of Edgar? Cuz he gets outed in this last episode. He does, but even at that aspect he's like I don't even fear, like he has no respect or even general fear for Homelander, which I have to feel at some point he's going to get his head exploded. I just feel. Well, even freaking head exploding Victoria is like scared of Homelander. I'm yeah. like I wouldn't be scared if I could explode his head from a distance. Well, and that's the thing. He he even he, said, you want to try? And it's exactly. like, we don't know if she's able to. Because we saw what Homelander can take from Stormfront mm-hmm. in last season. Or what Stormfront even could t- take from him. Exactly. Like, these are people who, I don't even think a lot of them have been, like, their boundaries have been pushed. I don't, like, we haven't seen, like, super villains, have we? Well, like, these, he created the first one when he started, like, giving Compound V to different countries. Yeah, that's, so that's kind of right. yeah. when it started. Um, the only thing, like, I was just thinking his son, actually, he was the one that, like, really did all that damage to Stormfront when he yeah. was in a fit of rage. And he was able to slice right through her when, you know, Homelander was lasering her for fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> to put it very, very nicely. Uh, so I feel like he might be a ringer. Yeah. It's going to be something along those lines. Like, we did finally see through this episode... Uh, the reveal of Soldier Boy. It wasn't anything uh, beyond, like beyond just seeing kind of what he's like his power is, because it's really shown to uh, uh, tragic effect with Kumiko, which we don't know her uh, uh, her status yet as of uh, episode four. Mm-hmm. But they were looking for some sort of super powered weapon to take out Homelander. Well, it turns out that Soldier Boy isn't dead. He may be, in fact, the weapon that they need because apparently his I don't know chest laser power Mm -hmm. is able to stop at least a healing factor in one hero so that's probably where they're going and hoping to use that it's very uh winter soldier Mm -hmm. uh, the way that he was stored and kind of kept away so it was kind of interesting to see that it'll be interesting also to see Jensen Ackles uh portrayal of soldier boy because we've only seen the old stuff he's uh, been on ice essentially for a couple of decades at this point, and uh, we don't know where he's going to be. I do love that he was in like that 70s video singing along, kind of reminded <laughs> me of the Guardians of the Galaxy thing they did with <laughs> David Hasselhoff. Yeah. The fun thing is, uh, Jensen Eccles is actually a phenomenal singer, so I wouldn't be surprised is if that he was really. Him. Oh, yeah, him and. He wasn't his... very good in that part, though. Well, uh, well, it wasn't supposed to be good. <laughs> I know. Uh, but he does a rendition along with his um, supernatural co-star. I'm blanking. Jared Padalecki mm-hmm. of uh, one of my favorite songs um, by Chris Stapleton. I'm, I'm I'm only thinking Whiskey and You, but that's not the right song. It was one of their other songs. But he's a phenomenal singer. Both of them are. So you should check out that video. And nice. you will swoon. Doesn't matter. You know which way you swing, <laughs> you will swoon. There is um, one other thing I did want to bring up with the episode that we're gonna have to keep an eye on mm-hmm. is uh, Victoria ended up giving her daughter. Some compound, compound V, but yeah. it was a different color. This looks like a permanent one, not a yeah, twenty-four hour it was, one. It was the blue, not the green twenty-four hour one right. that uh, Billy and Huey have been using to uh, get through sticky situations. Yeah, so we're gonna see what ends up happening there. I swear to God, I saw. I thought I saw her like skin rippling or something weird I, like I, that. When you so. th- I was thinking, do you guys remember? They kind of showed him in the movie. He was in the X Men Evolution as a character named Spike. 
No. And, and a mutant. Basically had like all these giant like oh, spiky yeah, things, yeah, bony yeah, spikes. Right. Yeah. I feel like she's going to be, what like, would what would be the underground mutants and uh, oh, like the Mor- Morlocks? The Morlocks. Yeah. I feel like she yeah. might end up being a Morlock. One. I was thinking something like that, even like not in the movie Logan, but Caliban in the mm-hmm. uh, in the comic books was kind of like the hardened skin. I'm thinking more like maybe like a lizard skin or something, something. like that, which would suck. But, you know, we'll have mm-hmm. to see where her powers come from. And it was to make her daughter... Uh, at least have some sort of defense. Right. Yeah. Which I don't blame her. Yeah, right. Um, really excited to see what's going to be happening. We'll be talking more about the episodes as we're getting along with it. Again, The Boys is on Amazon Prime. Check it out if uh, if you're into that sort of thing. Again, like we said, this is like a hard R show, so don't don't watch it with your kiddos Mm-mm. unless you're comfortable with having interesting conversations. Uh, but now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got? Not much. <laughs> oh, really? Wow, okay. So maybe it's just uh, sitting at home and uh, watching The Boys then. Right, or any of the other millions of shows oh, that are out right gosh. now. Oh my gosh, yeah, right? <laughs> no, this week, literally, when it comes to even big hits and stuff that aren't in our genre, there is really just one. Okay. Uh, and that is Lightyear, the Buzz Lightyear oh, movie yeah. spinoff. And this hat, who is voicing, is it Chris, Chris Ev- Evans? It is Chris and Evans, Some okay. people are pissed off that it's no longer Tim Allen. All right, it's, sure. Okay, I mean, you they can go back and- similar. And you can go back and watch Toy Story. It's not like they delete these movies if you really want to watch Tim right. Allen voice Buzz Lightyear. It's like, calm down. It's also, fine. Also, I saw something about that as well on Twitter. It's like, did everyone forget about there was already a cartoon that had Patrick Warburton as Buzz Lightyear too? Where were you right. mad about that? Where was, where, where was Tim Allen? Yeah. Probably too good for it, huh? Yeah. Hmm. This is like real life Buzz Lightyear. This isn't, a, you know, the little like. This what isn't do you call him it? as a toy. Puppet. This yeah. is actually the this, Lightyear yeah. story saga, whatever. That inspired the toy or something like that? I think so. I, 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 I'm very confused about like how they're going to figure all of this out. But you know what? It's Disney. They're pretty good at like kind of figuring out. I bet there's probably time travel or something involved in it. The next thing we'll know, it'll be part of the alien universe. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Could you imagine seeing Buzz Lightyear with a face hugger? Now I'm going to Google that image. I bet you there is out there. <laughs> Let's see. Legendary space ranger Buzz Lightyear embarks on an intergalactic adventure alongside ambitious recruits Izzy, Moe, Darby, and his robot companion, Socks. As the Motley <laughs> crew tackles their toughest mission yet, they, have, they must learn to work together as a team to escape the evil Zerg and his dutiful robot army that is never far behind. And yes, I did find a uh, Buzz Lightyear face hugger actually available for a t-shirt. So nice. that's pretty fantastic. You can Google search that when I literally just went Buzz Lightyear face hugger and they have them. So oh, we got a gift for his birthday. <laughs> Quite possibly. Uh, there is. I mean, this is a lot of people are pissed off because of the whole like Tim Allen thing. But the it has a really awesome voice cast. Got Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear. Uh, Taika Watiti as Morrison, Kiki oh. Palmer as Izzy, James Brolin. Uh, I forget which character he is, but it just says voice on this one. Uh, Efren Ramirez, which I believe he was Pedro. Yeah, Pedro Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I love that he's in it. Uh, but yeah, Uzo uh, Aduba, Aduba, I can never say her last name. I'm sorry, Uzo, uh, from Orange is the New Black. She was oh. crazy eyes. Oh, yeah. Uh, But yeah, there's not a whole lot of anything else that looks good for this week. Uh, I will say the Orville, if you haven't checked out the Orville, uh, that is also a show that you can get into. I know we've been talking about. I forgot about that one. I haven't haven't got a chance to do it yet. And a little update on Jurassic World Dominion. uh, Mm -hmm. 30% on the tomato meter audience score 78%. And uh, our buddy Caesar uh, messaged me. He's like, oh, my wife and I saw it. We liked it. What did your brother think? 
I actually had to text my brother because I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot to ask him because he was real excited to go see it. Yeah, yeah, he was totally down for it. All right, I'm skipping through all the posts where he makes fun of me. (laughs) (laughs) There must be a lot of those then. Yep. He says, I liked it definitely different than what I was expecting, but I was fine with it. There are a lot of throwback Easter eggs to the previous movies. All right. So, I mean, it was kind of uh, lukewarm, I, maybe like a like kind a po- of a, a 70% popcorn, percent sort of. Which uh, is what, you know, yeah. you're saying. A popcorn flick, I think, prob- is probably the best way to call it. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, it's the third one in, like, the series. So, I mean, at that point in time, it's like with Jurassic Park 3. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing that one. I remember seeing 2, and I didn't even bother with 2 for uh, Jurassic World. So, I don't mean, I don't know. I like dinosaurs. I don't know necessarily if I like those dinosaurs. When will they learn, man? Uh, they never yeah. learn, ah. by the way. Yeah. I'm, w- I'm waiting for J- Jurassic Galaxy to come out in about a decade. Oh, mm. there was a space dinosaur And park? then all of a sudden, you see the Fast and the Furious car in space <laughs> along with it. I think there was talks of mixing the two worlds for a minute. Yeah, I mean, I felt that that was like a, a, a sort of like a prank or something. But I mean, nowadays, who mm. even knows? Especially when oh. you hear like the news about Joker too. Oh my god, dude! I mean, ew, it could is you what imagine it is. Elon Musk tries to build a Jurassic Park in space? I would watch that movie, especially if he gets his head bitten off by like a T Rex or something. Yeah, that might work out <laughs> for us. Uh, I know. Uh, I don't think there's any new shows coming out this week. I feel like we've just gotten inundated with like new show, new show, new show. Yeah. Next week we get Umbrella Academy for sure. Oh crap! Okay. So get all get up to date on your other ones. I need to finish. Yeah. A lot. Yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> but let us know. Is there even a uh, movie or show that we should be checking out right now? I know there's a lot going on, but we should keep an eye out. Let us know. Mm-hmm. And until next time, stay nerdy. <laughs>